On today's edition of Grape Encounters Radio, we will take you where no wine show has ever dared to go before. Here's a little taste of what's to come. Colonel Sanders, you got nothing on Quaddy. Nothing, I tell you. How many herbs and spices are on your vermouth? A number. Eleven? A number. More? More. More. <laughs> Colonel Sanders is turning over yeah. in his grave right now That's going... It. Hey, what pairs with Kentucky Fried Chicken? And now from our Central Coast Wine Country studio in the quaint, friendly, and historic town of Atascadero, California, it's time to enjoy an hour of the really good stuff on Grape Encounters Radio. Heck, we may even uncork a bottle or two of wine while we're at it. Here's David Wilson. me some ice skin me a peach save the fuzz for my pillow all right and it is time for your weekly grape encounter and if you were with me last week you know i had on a very special guest we had on michael blaylock he is the director of winemaking for quaddy winery in madera california you may not know the name quaddy necessarily but as we talk about some of the wines that they make You'll definitely know them because they're all over the United States. But the conversation that we had last week was a teaser to the conversation that we're going to really have for the entire show today. We were talking about vermouth. And we're actually going to get into some other aperitif wines as well, because that's what Quaddy does so incredibly well. But first, I want to welcome Michael. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. It was so much fun. You and I were up at Wine Song in Mendocino. And yeah. for the life of me, I have no idea what you were doing there. Well, uh, no, no, come on. I know you were up there tasting some great wines and everything. Yeah, but uh, I but, mean, it was well, mostly a... Mendocino, Napa, and oh, Sonoma right, wineries right. there, and you're like way down south eight, from there. It's like an eight-hour drive or something. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a goodly distance. What? It's a good crowd, though. I mean... Oh, my gosh, oh, we've, yes. We've done it for almost 20 years or something, however long it's been on. Is that... Uh, so you're grandfathered in. Almost. <laughs> wow. I, I think that might be one of the very best events of its kind. It's excellent. It's and, and I don't know if you saw it just the other day. They they said the uh, the auction garnered an unbelievable lot of money this year. So it was for a great great cause for the hospital foundation. Yeah, and- they told me that they hit very close to a million dollars. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It so was that, yeah, a incredible. great response. But anyway, I was so happy to run into you there. And then, of course, we talked on the phone last week on the show. And I decided that I was going to make the what should have been two-hour trek <laughs> to Madeira that ended up being a four-hour trek instead. It's a pilgrimage. It that's, is. That's, that's the way to and, say and it. You know what? There are times when, I just got to say this, I'll probably get sued for it. Google, you lie. You lie. <laughs> it's like, don't tell me that's the shortest route. I got right. behind more tractors and people going slow. You said a lot of road work or and something? Road also? work oh and my all, gosh. all kinds of stuff. <laughs> for the people who don't really know where Madeira is, which would pretty much be... Uh, almost a hundred percent of the universe, right? Yeah, yeah, you're out in the middle of nowhere. This is the, well, we, we like to no, 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 come on, come on, Dave, no, 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 no. We like to call this God's country, though. Come on, this is well, um... it's all God's country. <laughs> I think he's taking I, it. You back, know, one of the, the actually the slogan for Madeira is 
that we're the heart of California. And so we are actually the geographical center of the state of California. Yeah. So if you keep that in mind, we're, you know, equal distance from the coast to the mountains and then equal distance from Oregon to the Mexican border. Oh, I see. So going both directions. Both directions. We're the geographical center. So how did it come to pass that maybe the finest vermouth maker in the country is located in this area? Because I know a lot of grapes are grown here, right? but they tend to be grapes grown for bulk wines. A lot of it is blending yeah, or blending. It, yeah, yeah, blending. But the Via label that you have right. is just so stunning. It's it's beautiful too. Yeah, it, I, it really stunning. Yeah, I used to actually. I, when you talk of packaging, I mean, we can talk about the wine in a minute. But the packaging itself, you know, is one of the aspects that a winemaker or a wine producer is always looking to have grab you because on the shelf, uh, that's the first thing that people see. Yeah. Uh, so it better grab you right away. And, and this label is stunning. It is, by it, the way. Yeah. We started out with the idea that we wanted a, a a tall tapered bottle, and we wanted a label that would fit on it with kind of a V shape. You know, kind of uh, reiterating the vibe with a V character on that. And so that's what we did. It's like a very nice kind of a die cut label. And, so um, why Vaya? Uh, that's, that's a good question. There's no real, real reason for it, except that it was something to do with life. I mean, thinking of uh, Vaya or Via and life and vitality and all those kind of things that go with it. I certainly think with all those herbs that we put in it, that, that certainly lends to some vitality. You know, the aspects. minute you say herbs, yeah. about half my audience's ears perk up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> for reasons other than vermouth, you know. Kidding. So you've got the Via brand. Right. And then Quadi itself makes a number of really high profile dessert wines. And I kind of yeah. hate that term dessert wine, by the way. You're right. No, I, I've noticed in about the last 10 years or so that when you say dessert wine, especially like if we're at a tasting, like at the wine song event, if I say dessert wine, it automatically turns people off right away. Right. And so what I've started doing instead is saying sweet wine. Would you like to try a sweet wine? People like sweet wines. And they're, they're finally starting to accept it in the public. It's not just, oh, no, I only drink dry wines. They really like sweet wines. It's, so when I say that, it's a lot better than saying dessert. Dessert puts you in one category after the meal. And, and that's really not what I want. It's an interesting dichotomy because, first of all, every state in America makes wine. Right. Most of those states make sweet wine. They sure do. And yeah. California, Washington, Oregon, you know, Utah, Arizona, more of the western states, I should definitely include Texas in there, are making dry wines, but the vast majority do make sweet wines, but sweet is sometimes equated to cheap. And I don't like the term cheap unless it's a really good wine that I got for cheap. Exactly. That's a value wine. And what's very interesting is how screwed up we are in this country because if you go to Germany, right. the sweeter the wine, the more expensive the Exa wine is. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, I think there was there was a big change just after Prohibition. The whole United States, if you look back and look at some of the older menus, say, at the turn of the century and stuff, it was only sweet wines that were available in restaurants. You had a sweet wine with your savory dish. With the main course, there was no such thing as a real dry wine. People didn't drink dry wines; they drank sweet or sweeter wines. And then after Prohibition, that was one of the big changes that happened. And the other one was probably in the late '60s, early '70s, with the advent of all the wines coming out of Napa Valley. Beautiful wines, but the whole change started right then. A major shock to the consumer system. Oh yeah, but one that stuck. It, I might add. It, it stuck, I think, because of, like I said, the prohibition kind of got people off of wine. So this new start with dry wines was very acceptable. I'm sitting at the Quaddy Winery in Michael Blaylock, the director of winemaking's 
office right now just got a tour of this uh, fascinating facility. They specialize, you know, really, can I say you specialize in sweet wines and sweet you don't aperitif. call them port, you call them starboard. Oh, right. Oh, that's, which is very that's clever. Our port style wine. Right. I think, yeah. I, uh, I think probably 95 out of a hundred people would look at that bottle and maybe not get it yeah. and then maybe wake up <laughs> chuckling in the middle of the night, perhaps. <laughs> I get that. And that when that light goes off, when someone sees the, oh, I get the, it. the name on there, it's just, it's just awesome. It really is. So the emphasis here is sweet, and we're, we're going to talk more about vermouth and about half your vermouth is sweet and half is not because you've got a very sweet, you've got a very dry, and you've got one in between, right? Exactly. There's two that are on the drier side, yeah. and then we have the sweet vermouth, which is the Italian style. And there's two styles of vermouth. The Italian style is usually the red, sweet style, and the French style, usually the white and dry style. So let's talk about the other sweet wines for a moment, sure. and we are going to actually talk more about them in general during the show, but I, I want to mention them so that people go, oh yeah, because right. they're going to recognize some of these names. So you have the Electra Moscato. Electra Moscato. And Moscato. God, what happened? <laughs> In the past couple of years, it's just been like Moscato heaven. Uh, it's been an explosion. It's have a you been very stunned? great one. <laughs> have you been stunned by the Moscato craze? Because you were on the shelves selling Moscato way before anybody else. We were selling the Electra years before anybody got into the Moscato craze. I mean, certainly the Moscato craze in Europe has gone full circle many, many times. But here in the United States, we, we were on uh, surfing on the, the front of that wave uh, way before it started. Yeah. And then you've got that in white. You've got it in red, right? Right. That's the red Electra. So, so. how does a Moscato become red? I'm using two different grapes in that. The first one, the Electra, I'm using the orange muscat grape pretty much by itself, a little uh, muscat uh, canelli also blended in. Yeah. And then on the red one that you're talking about, I've added some black muscat grape. Now the black muscat variety is the only muscat variety with a black skin. So there's some that are red, pink, colors like that. But black muscat, it's a jet black color and that lends the, the flavor and color. And then really quickly, because we've got to take a break, but the Essencia orange muscat. Yeah, the Essencia, that was our first one. Yeah, that's a huge wine. We sell that all over the world. That's international. So yeah. you make roughly how many cases of that, would you say? Oh, it's not a lot. Five, 7,000, something like that. But it's a lot for aperitif or dessert uh, wine, right? It, it is. It Do is. Do you like either of those words? Probably not, I, right? I like aperitif, but for this particular one, if you say sweet dessert wine, you're okay. Let's just call it yummy wine. There we okay? go. <laughs> and then there's the Elysium Black Muscat That's as also well. a dessert style or sweet style. Okay, yeah. we're going to take a quick break. It's sitting at the Quaddy Winery. So glad to finally get a chance to sit down with Michael Blaylock. He is the director of winemaking here. You know their wines. You definitely know their wines as you're listening to these very important commercials coming up next. You know, just Google Electra Moscato or Essencia Orange Muscat. You'll recognize the bottles instantly. You've seen them. You've probably consumed them. You're probably glad I got Michael on right now. And we're going to talk about those wines. But more importantly, we're going to talk vermouth for a while when we come back with Grape Encounters. Fair enough, Michael? Oh, it sounds great. All right. Awesome. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters. I got to grab some vodka. So the Actually, you don't need vodka to drink vermouth. What am I saying? We'll be back right after this. This segment of Grape Encounters is brought to you by SOMCON 2016, the ultimate educational and informational event for wine professionals and serious enthusiasts, taking place November 16th through the 19th in San Diego, California. Get more information at SOMCONUSA.com. Don't ask me how I am. 
Welcome back to America's number one wine radio show, Grape Encounters with David Wilson. And this week, Grape Encounters coming to you from the Quaddy Winery. They are responsible for some of the best-known aperitif, dessert wines, sherry, and most importantly, today anyway, vermouth, a very misunderstood alcoholic beverage. I'm sitting in the office of Michael Blaylock, the director of winemaking here. Guy's a genius. Genius, I tell you. You're going to hear some forklifts in the background because the guys are working out there. The ladies and gentlemen are working out there, right? Yeah, we're going full uh, full bore right now. Where are we in terms to harvest um here we're almost done We've, almost done yeah we'll be pulling in two more port vineyards grapes that we get from amador county actually they're going to show up on friday and uh, first thing next week so explain this to me yeah. i run into adam lazar yeah who's a winemaking genius and there's the two of us uh, there's the two of you right <laughs> and i asked him last night at a city lopper concert of all things oh, okay That's and he's like a heavy metal guy right <laughs> and i said what are you doing here you should be like right in the middle of harvest and he said well i am and i said are you almost done and he said we got two percent in <gasps> oh man two percent oh my god why is he so far behind you now uh, i mean he's got grapes napa sonoma yeah. you know central coast etc what's the difference oh climate just there's climate 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 yeah things just That'll ripen really fast here they do we had an early bud break this year we had an early onset of the grape flowers so everything we knew was going to be early and it turned out about two weeks early so you know you put that to extension then we're going to finish two, two weeks early also so um, tell me this i have been reading crop reports yeah. from napa i have been talking to winemakers on the Central Coast and other parts of the country as well. 2016 might be, just from what I'm reading, one of the greatest wine years of all time. True or false? True. True. (laughs) I'm not not going to say anything else. No, don't say it. No, but seriously. I think think the reason I'm saying true is all of the aspects for a great year are there. Like I said, the early season, slow season like it was, early bud break and everything else, there wasn't a lot of pressure on insects or or any disease on the vines. Uh, We didn't have any rains. We didn't have anything like that. Everything looked good. So right now we're just seeing if those grapes did, in fact, prove up. Last year was a disaster. I mean, it was disastrous. A lot of people Mm. didn't even harvest their grapes. It was so bad. I don't think the verdict is out on certainly the red wines yet. We don't know. know, In fact, nobody's saying anything. But I certainly have heard so many people say that the flavors in this year, 2016, are just remarkable. I, th- I think they're fantastic. And it's it's really unusual, too, when you get, especially in this area, in the San Joaquin Valley, uh, when you get three and four years of what you would call a bumper crop looking great, pretty soon you're always worried that the vine has stressed itself a little too far. Yeah. But we're not seeing it. It's fantastic. Stressed for success. Yeah, yeah, there it is. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the vermouth, which oddly enough, vermouth on your label is very small and aperitif is large. That was not something that was on my radar until you actually pointed it out, but it was very much on my mind that vermouth is something that we think is supposed to be a key ingredient in a martini, but in reality, this is a wine, and yes, it's a wine. It's not a spirit. Right. It's a wine that really was designed to stand on its own. And all it does is make vodka look good. I would uh, tend to agree 100% with that, David. We are the winemaker, right? (laughs) Not the vodka maker. Exactly. So so what is the deal? Can we do a little vermouth history here? Sure. And why is it that we seldom even speak of vermouth? I mean, it's like you go to the market, you toil over the vodka. 
Yeah. There's like 500 different vodkas out there. You toil, you sweat, you get on the phone, you call your significant other, you go, you know, Grey Goose yeah. or whatever, Tito's or, but nobody says anything about the vermouth. It's pretty rare. Even when you go to a really good bar, wherever you, uh, you know, you go for your, your watering hole, when you ask for a martini, you have to actually ask that they put a goodly amount of vermouth in it. Otherwise you get vodka or gin chilled in a glass, maybe shaken, maybe not on ice or not. And that's it. That's not a martini. I mean, just because you put it in a martini glass doesn't mean it's a martini. And the funny thing is, is that vodka is a neutral spirit. It is. The thing that's driving the ship is the vermouth. In a, in a martini, the vermouth is the complement to whatever vodka or gin that you're using. Why does somebody go out and buy a $40 bottle of vodka and a $2 bottle of vermouth? I think it's crazy. Makes I, no sense to me. No, no sense at all. No sense at all. Well, I mean, at least they're trying, you know, some vermouth in their vodka to make that martini. But as you said, why you would spend just a couple of bucks on it and not pay attention to it at all is beyond me. I know that for a long time, everybody thought about vermouth as that bottle that your grandmother or somebody had way back on the dusty shelf and it sat there forever. And uh, that was it. Nobody ever talked about it. terrible, by the way. Yeah, it is a white wine and and you should handle it just as you would any of your other white wines. Once it's open, put it in the fridge just as you would with the other white wines Uh, and it'll last quite a bit longer. Seems to me that vermouth is the second cousin to triple sec. It is. It complements your cocktail. It should be a synergy going on on there. But your vermouths are made to be the centerpiece of the cocktail. Am I correct? Oh, there's no question. I mean, uh, I'm not granted. No, 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 no. But don't get me wrong. I mean, if you're spending that much time about figuring out which vodka you want or your gin, I say more power to you. I'm just hoping you also spend that much time thinking about the vermouth that is the integral component of a martini. That's the whole deal. So ever since I saw you up in Mendocino, you sent me some bottles of vermouth, three bottles. And I really appreciate that, by the way, because I was broke. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) But you sent me three bottles of vermouth. I have yet to pour any vodka into the vermouth. Uh-huh. I've been sipping the vermouth. I don't even understand why I need vodka. It's so delicious. And I don't think a lot of people know what vermouth is. Yeah. They certainly uh, confuse it, right, as a spirit. Oh, all the time. That's that's one of the first things they right, say. So we're going we're gonna to take a little break. When we come back, would you be kind enough to... Let's, let's go through it a bit. Let's do an exorcism and... Let's dispel the rumors of this being a spirit. Uh, let's do it. There was a. It was kind of a joke. There it was really loose. I think I should have worked on it a little bit. <laughs> well, the exorcism. The exorcism. Fly. No, the, the I exorcism. Mean, I don't have to. Of, I don't have to explain it. I yeah, got it. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So we're gonna do that. Vermouth explained. It's our longest segment coming up next. And vermouth explained by really maybe the planet's vermouth expert bar none. Well, I'm giving you that title. Okay? No, no, I, 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 I you got to, you got to put Andy Quaddy in here somewhere. He, well, yeah, of he, course, he yeah, okay. of course, yeah. So, yeah. Andy is the owner here. He is. And I'm sorry he's not here. Yeah, but you he know wanted what? to be. He, I don't he think he would have poured as much free wine. <laughs> so Probably I don't know. Not. Last time I saw Andy, he poured me some of your deviants. Oh, yeah. And, which has got aphrodisiac qualities. Yeah. And I thought he was going to kiss me, honestly. And I, <laughs> so I don't really want to see Andy. I'm just joking. Anyway, we are at Quaddy Winery talking to Michael Blaylock, director of winemaking here. And we'll be back. And you're going to know more about vermouth in the next, like, 10 or 12 minutes than you have learned in an entire lifetime because I got the guy here. More than you ever wanted to know. And his boss isn't here right at the moment. So you're the guy. That's it. You're the director of winemaking, Michael. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, so you can speak on his behalf. There it is. All right, we'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. 
don't forget to join our Grape Encounters Radio Facebook group page, where incredibly fun people just like you share ideas and frequently get together to share a bottle as well. Let's get you out of those wet clothes and into a dry martini. This segment of Grape Encounters is presented by the incomparable wines of Cardella Winery, a favorite of everyone here at Grape Encounters. Purely delicious, purely amazing. Learn more at cardellawinery.com. Back with Grape Encounters Radio and sitting in the office of Michael Blaylock, the director of winemaking for Quaddy Winery in Madeira, California. They make the best vermouth. I'm talking crazy, amazing vermouth. There are two things that I want you to know about vermouth, and then I'm going to turn it back over to Michael. The first thing is this. If you're going to go out and spend $30, $40 for a bottle of vodka, right? Right, or your gin. Why would you go buy that $2 vermouth that is just miserable and ruin your vodka? Yeah. You know what it reminds me of, Michael? What? It reminds me of somebody whose wine has turned. Yeah. They, they opened up a bottle of red and they left it on the sink counter for four days. Now the wine's turned. So what do they do with it? They cook with they it. They cook with it. Are you nuts? <laughs> it's, it's insane. It, it turned to poison, oh, and you're going to cook. Did you think that that wine was going to magically go, oh, I'm better now. Okay, I'm going to make a really good stew for you. No, you're going to ruin the stew with it, and you're going to ruin your good vodka. That's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing is skip the vodka. You know what? I'm not a spirit fan. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll drink spirits once in a while. But I don't need spirits. I don't need 40% alcohol in my blood. Right. Because I can drink a lot more wine. Yeah. And enjoy that a whole lot more. Skip the vodka. Skip it. The vermouth is going to be very satisfying if you buy a good vermouth. You don't need vodka. Now, you mix your vodka and vermouth like 50-50, right? Um, sometimes that, that much. That's no, like I'm sorry. That's Andy. Andy, I, I, Andy that's does. Andy, right. Yeah, yeah. okay. So Andy, you're, Andy, you're Andy more does. like five to one. Yeah, about five to one or something like that. Three to one. In that range, you know. But I do like a good proportion of uh, vermouth in there. And again, I think I'd mentioned before, what you're making is a cocktail. If you want chilled vodka or chilled gin, uh, have it that way. Don't call it a martini, though. I mean, you're making a cocktail. A martini should have a goodly portion of vermouth. So when you go into a wine retailer, and we've got people listening all over the country, so some people go into a packaged goods store, some go to a grocery store, some go to you know some kind of wine chain, whatever, or an independent wine shop. What kind of shelf space is vermouth getting these days? Honestly. It's, it's still pretty small, but I've got to say that it, it is increasing. A couple of the larger liquor chains have decided that they want to move up. So if you'll see that they've moved it up from the bottom shelf, where it usually always was, up to the second of the bottom and, shelf. And the bottles down there are dusty, too. Oh, yeah, they usually were. So so now they actually dust them now, and uh, and they're actually promoting it. So uh, it's moving up. There's no question about it. People are starting to become interested. They're very interested. But do you so. see a day where vermouth is going to be return to its rightful throne mm. as one of the really great wine-based aperitifs? Because, I mean, really, mm. it's an art. And I really want you to take a moment to explain what vermouth really is. But sure. but first answer that question, which yeah. is, is it going to come back to a position of prominence? I don't think it will ever get to where, certainly where I would like it to be. 
Uh, but I do think it is. But you've never up. been on this show before either. No, I haven't. So We're gonna every, change, every, the whole world's going to change after everything, this. Everything, everything. I know. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I feel it. It's going up the back of my spine now. I can tell. So but, how do we get the guys over at, you know, Wine Enthusiast and Wine Spectator, these kinds of publications and the editors of some of the big newspapers that have wine sections? What's it going to take to get these people to recognize that this is one of the greatest wines in terms of creativity? I think one of the first things is that people have to start talking about it and drinking the vermouth. Okay, so we're talking That's about it. it and we're drinking it. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so are things, we done? Things, are we done like your, yeah. things like your show right now, this is what does it. This is what drives the rest of the, the country. Were you stunned when I asked you to do this show? I mean, honestly, because... Vermouth. I mean, a whole show on vermouth. We, we had talked before, and oh, I was pleasantly, I was, no, I was really pleasantly surprised when you said, let's do a whole show on it. I thought, holy Toledo. I mean, this guy's awesome. So, I, I, no, it was. I think you're it, awesome, too. Yeah. But your vermouth no, is it, really super awesome. Yeah. So, let's, let's talk vermouth. Sure. What the dickens is it? Well, and, I, you know, what's in it? You know, what kind of wine is it made from? Why are those flavors in there? Why yeah. is some. Vermouth sweet and other vermouth dry. There's, there's, uh, it's as all I, on you, Michael. No, no, yeah, no. It's it, they're good questions too. And I think one of the one of the problems that we still have with vermouth, certainly here in the United States, is that people don't know what it is. They don't know what to expect, or what they do expect is totally wrong. It's something that's left over from a preconceived idea, or sometime they had a really bad vermouth that was some cheap stuff that nobody wants to talk about anymore. But vermouth, you've got to remember, is a wine. First and foremost, it's a wine, and to that wine, you've added some herbs, different kinds of herbs and botanicals. That's the whole deal right there. Now it, it becomes the whole purview of the winemaker and the winery, what types of wines they want to use, and what herbs do they want to put into this vermouth. The government declares the, the name vermouth uh, for the, the TTB, which is uh, the governing agency for uh, wineries, is that vermouth should have all the characters that a vermouth has. And that's their definition. It's a circular what, what definition. What does vermouth mean? What is the word vermouth it actually, mean? It, it, it's a German. It came from German, a German word, uh, vermouth. And uh, that is referring to the wormwood plant uh, was one of the herbs that was always used in vermouth. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Sure. Vermouth, the word vermouth is a German word that has to do with a wormwood plant? Correct. Yeah, right. There is not a single person listening to this <laughs> other than a few master psalms who have nothing to do today. There's not a single person out of the millions listening to this that knew that. Yeah. Does anybody know that? Raise your hands out there. Hey, look, 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 there's, look. There's two. No, no, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. there's two master psalms out <laughs> yeah, there. That is it. Right. The rest are going. Right. Uh -huh. Well, no, okay. it's a, it's a, we, uh, when we first started, we planted and, and used some uh, of the uh, uh, wormwood here. Are there worms in it? No, it's not. No, no. And that's actually a story in its own. Because that's tequila, it, right? The, <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly mezcal. But, uh, and, okay. and you can eat the worm, too. But no, it, it, They go good with vermouth, by the way. They pair nicely. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that one yet. Okay. But you we, do, we have a all your no, vermouth. Yeah. No, Dave, no, you're getting me way off track here. But we have a cocktail we came up with that uses tequila and vermouth. So, I mean, you could do almost anything with, what, with what vermouth. What do you call such so, a thing? Uh, I think it was um, 
it had something to do with Diablo in it, so I can't remember something about the devil. Or maybe but, uh, there's got to be a morning after. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, yeah, please. Vermouth and tequila. Please, yeah, please. sounds lovely. Okay. Uh, yeah, in any case, um, and I was digressing, right? Okay. No, no, no but uh, yeah, but it, it all—it's all circular. It all comes back. The wormwood got its name because it was used as a medicinal plant to expel worms. Uh, you know, back in the 1700s. And so that, that's that's where it derives. Oh, so this is so totally medicinal cool. Thing. So you eat the plant or parts of the plant. Yeah. yeah you and would, if you had worms. Yeah. You yeah it was ex- supposed to dispel them and uh, and this and that. Dispel, so. You mean like expel them? Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Let's not get into that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in, in any case, any case, I tried it. It's extremely bitter. Uh, it's so bitter that I couldn't even use it in our vermouth. So be, uh, be assured we do not have any wormwood in and, ours. You know, the way you phrased that wasn't right. It was so bitter, we couldn't even use it in our vermouth. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, 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 no. No, because I've used a, a number of herbs and botanicals that I source uh, from all over the world. Is that what they call bitter herbs? They are bitter herbs. What yeah. are bitters? Bitter uh, Bitters are, again, where they're using different herbs and botanicals that have bitter qualities to them. Like quinine is a bittering agent. Um, and why do we want bitter herbs? Because uh, when, when you talk about vermouth, and we had talked about it a minute ago as being an aperitif, the whole idea of an aperitif is to stimulate your appetite. It's a pre-drink so that you have a very good, enjoyable meal because you've stimulated your appetite. Your salivary glands are starting to really kick in. And so a bittering agent tends to accentuate these characteristics. So you want to enjoy your meal. Fascinating. Yeah. Bitter. It's bitter. Montequilla. Bitter. bitter. Montequilla. There it okay, is. Okay, anyway. All right. So <laughs> yeah. I am learning so much here. This is... <laughs> Honestly, this is stuff I didn't know. Yeah, so uh, this let's, is let's really just talk, let's total. Talk. Okay, real, but real, we only real. have like like thirty seconds. You want to oh, hold that thought? I'm going to have to hold that one. All right, we're going to we'll hold over we're here. We're going to definitely hold that thought. We're going to come back. We are sitting in the office of. You know what I'm saying? We're sitting in the office, the nerve center. There are two thrones in here: one for Andy Quaddy and one for Michael. And it is where they oversee the operations. The very top secret, I might add. You know, Colonel Sanders, you got nothing on Quaddy. <laughs> nothing, I tell you. How many herbs and spices are on your vermouth? A number. Eleven? A number. More? More. More. <laughs> Colonel Sanders is turning over yeah. in his grave right now That's going, it. hey, what pairs with Kentucky Fried Chicken? Uh, makes vermouth. sense. <laughs> Via vermouth aperitif from the Quaddy Winery. We'll be back with Michael Blaylock from the Quaddy Winery uh, here in Madera, California. And uh, talk just a little bit more about vermouth. It's named after a wormwood. If you have worms, chew on a little bit of bark, and you'll be barking up a different tree. We'll be back with Grape Encounters right after this. Your Grape Encounter with David Wilson will continue from our Central Coast Wine Country studio in the quaint, friendly, and historic town of Atascadero, California. Don't forget to join our Grape Encounters Radio Facebook group page, where incredibly fun people just like you share ideas and frequently get together to share a bottle as well. Hello, Mr. Wilson. Welcome! Welcome to the show. Welcome! Don't bother adjusting the knobs on your radio. And now, here's the guy who went from hipster to sipster, David Wilson. Welcome! 
I cannot believe how fast this hour is zooming by. That's what happens when you sit down with a genius like Michael Blaylock. He is the director of winemaking at Quadi Winery. You know their wines, Essencia, Electra Moscato, Red Electra Moscato, Elysium Black Muscat, which is what I'm drinking right at the moment. And we didn't even talk about deviation. Yeah. That's the one that's got rose geranium and Damiana. Exactly. It's just two different herbs, but both of those herbs really have a wild sensation. You, If your name is David or your name is Michael, you drink that wine, you're going to want to change your name to Randy. <laughs> okay. So there you go. I love that one. Hey, by the way, did you hear about the divorce between Brad Pitt and yeah. Angelina Jolie? Yes, yes, yes. And they own Chateau Miravel. Oh, I know, yeah. Beautiful rosé wines yeah, made in I Provence, know. right? Yeah, exactly. Did you hear that either they're going to sell the winery or they're only going to sell the wine in splits? That's, no, I had not heard that one. Very good. Sorry, I just had to get that out there. I've been dying to throw that. It, it had no place in this entire show. Okay. <laughs> All right, vermouth. We're talking. We're kind of having fun. Yeah, we're talking vermouth here today. Vaya is the vermouth you want to look for. I can tell you, this is a handmade vermouth. You know what? If you don't drink spirits or you just don't want to get around that high alcohol, I know I don't like to. Yeah, just drink it by itself. Enjoy it. It is so beautiful. You're not paying me anything for this, right? No, no, this is just. Would you you consider paying me something for this? (laughs) No, No. this is just Um, fun. Okay, yeah, I don't like that. Good answer. (laughs) But no, I think that we need to see more really fine vermouths being made. In this sense, I think you guys are really pioneers. I I think so. I I mean, I know it was big at one time, but it really fell from grace. It's funny because we were talking about the fact that you should treat vermouth like every other, you know, decent white wine, right? You can go to any of your friends, Michael's parents' house, okay? They got living parents. Go there. Go to where the refrigerator is or the stove is and that cabinet above the refrigerator especially, okay? Open it up. Guaranteed, you're going to find a bottle of vermouth in there that is like at least as old as you are. Right. Right? Yep. At some point, your friend's parents are going to make a martini, and they're going to pour (laughs) that in there, and they're going to say this. They're going to go, no, I don't really like martinis as much as I used to. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why. What's in the vermouth? Talk herbs for a second, because we have very little time, and I'm wasting your time with my stupid joke. I mean, you kind of alluded to it that they are kind of secret. Every winery does have their own secrets. I didn't allude to it. I asked you. Well, yeah, and I how said, many? I you, said and it's you a just secret. like totally, uh, yeah, you know, punch the away. question. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so instead, it may be a better question. Uh, really? Characteristics you're the first, you're the first and guest else. that's ever said so, a better question would be this. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> tell uh, me my better question. I'll ask it to you. On the on the, on the different herbs that uh, that I use. Uh, I think the best explanation on that would be that on the dry vermouth, I'm trying to use parts of the plant that are kind of uh, new growth, things that make you think of spring. So all the ty- types of uh, herbs I used were things, a lot of flowers, a lot of leaves, some stems, but all the new, fresh growing parts of the plant. Now, we didn't talk really about do you, the sweet Do you use vermouth. any bunny rabbits in there? Because when I think spring, I think bunny rabbits. No, I don't. They, they, okay, these all right. are, this, this is all uh, PETA approved. But we didn't talk about the sweet vermouth, but the sweet vermouth now uh, is uh, the parts of the 
plant and the different herbs that I use are all like the energy saving parts of the plant. So where you think the energy is stored. So a lot of I use a lot of roots. This is getting and I really use metaphysical. A lot of bark and I use seeds. Wow. So there's a reason why we came up with this recipe and the different herbs that we use and, and where we source them around the world and stuff. And so it, uh, it, there's a lot of thought. It, it's handcrafted. It's a handcrafted product. Michael, can I just ask one yes, very you serious ask question of questions. you? Yes. You're not going to tell me the herbs, right? I'm not going to tell you the herbs. I can tell you a couple of them, but I'm, I'm give, not going to tell you. Give me like three. Can I have three? Yes, you may have three. Okay, go ahead. Okay, on, on the dry, um, one of the, the uh, we use, like I said, uh, a You're lot You're stalling. Yes, I am. <laughs> No, one one of the we use a lot of flowers and, and and leaves and things. Okay, so one of the flowers we use, of course, is rose petals. We use a lot of rose petals in it. We use uh, linden, right, you said, linden you, you flower. Said, you said of course, and I had no idea rose okay. petals. Okay, all right. Um, we use linden flower. It's a beautiful flower, and some of the leaves. Are the, it's got a honey texture and quality. Okay. So we use that. One of the, one of the things I like that fresh green growing thing. I use some alfalfa. Okay. People don't think of that. All right, I'm going to let you stop there because yeah. I know I'm pushing you. That's all right. At this point in time. That's all right. So you get the herbs from where all over the country all, i source them all over the world all over, all over the, the world. world right yeah yes how a lot do, of them how a do lot you of do them. that there are a number of purveyors of herbs that i'll contact and i'll have them send me samples and then we'll test them does that blow your nose out i mean it's amazing seriously? it's like it's christmas all year i, I get really? a package from somewhere you open it up and it just explodes in the room so for people who want to become more familiar with your wines i guess best bet is to send them to quadiwinery.com right? exactly exactly it's q-u-a-d-y winery.com. You got it. Exactly. And when you go into a retailer, don't go in looking for Q-U-A-D-Y because you're probably not going to find that. You're going to find the various products that they make. Right. So it's uh, Essencia, Elysium, Electra. The Red Electra, the Via Vermouth, the Deviation. Exactly. And and you will recognize these labels instantly. These are, by the way, very modestly priced products, I think. Really super fair in terms of the pricing. But every last one of them, and I, by the way, have tasted every last one of these products at one point or another. Today, no. No, stop (laughs) it. A radio show to do here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every one of these products is absolutely delicious. And we were talking actually during the commercial break about something. And I, I, I kind of want to end it on this thought. Yeah. Get the idea of sweet and dessert out of your head. Mm. Now think about this for a second. I was just drinking the Elysium Black Muscat, right? Right. right. It's, it's delicious. Try something like that. I have a sandwich that I love, which is turkey, the stuffing, a little mayo and cranberries on just a nice white bread. Yeah. Then try that dessert wine against that. Think about fighting fire with fire. So you've got sweet. Put it against something that's got sweet. It'll bring both of them down, right? I think that's it. you're talking about a synergy going yeah, on. Yeah, a synergy. Yeah. Like they cancel each other out, and then they both become they be- just like really yeah. yummy and delicious and, and meld, meld, together. meld together. You said that the same moment I did. Honest. All right. <laughs> Michael, what a pleasure. Oh, hey, by the way, Michael's doing a river cruise. I got to say this really super quick. A river cruise for wine lovers or maybe just lovers or whatever. You're doing this in July of next year, right? Next year, that's correct. Is there information on the website about yes, it that? Is. Yep. It's a river the cruise. The Douro River. Yeah. The Douro River in Portugal. That's where port the is heart, made. The heart of the Portland. And and by the way, they also make it quaddy, a port style wine, but it's called Starboard, Starboard because that's how clever Michael is. Starboard and port, right? <laughs> that's it. Both Starboard sides of the port. boat. Nothing pairs better than that. Michael, what a pleasure. Oh, David, it's been so much fun. All right. That is going to do it for Grape Encounters this week. Do your homework. Go buy your vermouth and, you know, say goodbye to vodka. Vermouth is cheaper. It's where all the taste comes from anyway. And check out all the quaddy wines, quaddywinery.com. And we will see you right here next week. Michael, you'll be listening. Oh, yeah. Well done!